Hobby Addict の時間です。It's time for Hobby Addict.And now, here are your anime addicts. God, how y'all doing? Doing Epis- good. For the next 100 <laughs> episodes of Hobby Addicts, I'm going to talk like this because I'm from West Virginia. Please don't. By God. By God, it's Caroline. What in tarnation? I don't know how to respond to this. I'm horrible with accents. What in tarnation? Caroline be here. How you doing? I be doing good. How are you, Cowboy Mitsugi? <laughs> well, I'm just doing rightless, like, great like. And by God, it's also Mason. Mason, how y'all doing? New Pokemon. New oh. Pokemon. Oh. New Pokemon. Another who do you guys got? Pokemon? Who, who are you picking with the new Pokemon? Nothing. I've, the only Pokemon I've played is Go, so Pick not your Pokemon. Of... Are we are we are we grass cat? Are we fire crocodile boy? I are think, we uh water duck? I did look at the three Pokemon and uh yeah. I think probably at least half the audience will pick the grass cat. That's true, but it's sad because it's the, the cutest. The, I like the little derpy totodile offshoot of Fire Boy, Fue Coco. He's so silly. He looks like an apple. I love apples. What are they? What is it called? Pokemon Scarlet and uh, some Violet, Violet. I think. Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. They're going to run out of colors at some point. No, they're not. It's going to be Pokemon Taupe and Burgundy. They literally <laughs> had one called Heart Gold. I mean, it's not even a color. <laughs> they're just Chartreuse. Pokemon Chartreuse. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like Pokemon Deep Red. It's like, we already had Pokemon Red. Well, Or we can go the Crayola route and go red. Pokemon Macaroni. I don't know. I, macaroni I know everybody's, Yellow. I know everybody's really excited for Pokemon. When it comes out, it'll be all anybody plays. And I think that's great. I just, I don't know. I'm so far behind on Pokemon that... I don't even, I don't know. Pancake bought some Pokemon that came out. That's like came out. It's like a re-release of something. I can't remember what it's called, but it looks totally different than what I. It doesn't even have like um, like battle screens. You just like throw your Pokemon on like the map, and they just fight right in front of you. It's crazy. So I don't know, but uh, today we're not talking about Pokemon. Although I'm sure Mason will talk extensively about that later, won't you, Mason? Um, not really. I still haven't picked up Arceus, so <laughs> eventually. I, I think that's the one that she bought is Arceus. Yeah, um, I've heard good things about it. But I am about 20 hours into Horizon Forbidden West, so I'm going to talk about that a lot. Um, other than Elden Ring, that's pretty much the hottest thing at the moment. Um, and if, and uh, I'm not sure how long I'll go, but we also have, Caroline has a movie, Always Be My Maybe, which is a very acute title, and uh, a miniseries called Dope Sick, which sounds dope sick, bro. It sounds like a, let's go surf. It sounds that. Like, um, it's not that laid back, unfortunately. Uh, bruh. It does, <laughs> we'll get to it soon. Bro, hang 10, man. Okay, yeah. And then uh, the Cuphead show, which we talked about last week, but we never got to it, so... We'll see what happens, but um, I'm just going to talk about Horizon here, and I want you guys to ask questions because I don't want to just talk, you know, for you know half an hour, and it'll be it'll be really boring for people if it's just me because because they like you a lot more. So, um, ah, so Horizon Forbidden West came out, and this is the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, which was a giant title. It's I was actually shocked when I saw the sales numbers for Horizon Zero Dawn because it's normally you think like, oh, a game, it sells a million copies. That's a success, right? Oh, it's like if a game sells 8 million copies, that's like a Final Fantasy VII re-release. That's like a mega success, right? Well, Horizon Zero Dawn sold 20 million copies, and I was shocked by that. I was just blown away. It's probably one of the highest selling games ever, if not probably the highest selling game on PS4 uh, when that came out. And so this is a big title. This is other than Elden Ring, as I mentioned before we got started, this is like the thing that people are playing at the moment. And, um, and I have a lot of thoughts on this game. If you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, you are lost as hell playing Horizon Forbidden West. Like there's really, you can still play it, but 
you're going to get a, a, a whole lot more out of it. It's it's pretty much presumed that you have played Horizon Zero Dawn to completion to play Forbidden West. And the reason for that is because the story picks up right where it left off. And they do do a little, like, two-minute, three-minute video before the game starts to kind of, like, jog your memory about the last game. Okay, good, because I played it to completion recently, and I'm still a little vague on, like, what happened again? So. Yeah. Well, that would help for sure. Yeah, I, I, for me too, honestly. And, and I had and I played it actually not that long ago. It was like last year is when I got I finally got around to it. And um, if you haven't played the original, I think you really have to at least go download like a uh, like a plot synopsis and read the story because there's a lot of characters in this game that are in the old game and they don't even give you a briefing on who they are. They just assume you know. They don't. There's a lot of this is a this is a heavy sci-fi story. It gets it's even more sci-fi than before. So, if you hate sci-fi, if you're not into like Stargate or like you know these like you know outer space and all this shit, just forget it. Like I really don't think you're gonna enjoy the story at all. Um, the story is pretty dry. is It's pretty dry to begin with. So I mean I don't. I actually don't really find the Forbidden West story to be all that great. Um, but if you also dislike sci-fi, you just won't like this. I just don't think you will. So you should probably just skip the game. Also, because it's a it's it's a very involved game. I mean, this is a game where the world map, similarly to The Witcher or um, Ghost of Tsushima or Skyrim or any of these, the map is just like if you've explored the whole map. Let's put it this way: if you explored the whole map, which is pretty big and didn't do any of like the side missions or collecting or all that shit and you just mainlined the story like like a bullet and then scr- and then zoomed out of the map to look at it from the highest level you wouldn't even see the map that's how many icons are on it for shit you have to do so it's very involved uh, which is you know it's a good thing that there's so much stuff to do in the game you get your money's worth they put a ton of time into it but uh if you don't like if you don't like sci-fi like you're getting yourself into a 75 to 100 hour adventure that you're obviously just playing because you spent the money and you want to get through it you know then and you, and you don't want to be in that spot so uh i'm personally mainlining the story right now because what i'm going to do is i'm following a trophy guide so i'm going to blow through the story um and then go back and start picking off trophies and, and you pick them up as you go along but it's it's this is the most efficient way to do it um and the story is really it's the story is really dry i I actually think the story is kind of like kind of dog shit honestly the um it consists essentially of like and i don't know how many spoil how many spoilers i want to offer for the first game but like something happens at the end of the first game and immediately you're trying to fix that thing in the second game and that's pretty much all you're doing uh, I mean, part. how much of your like motivation to play the game was to get more of the story? Um, I mean, not not a tremendous amount. It's more that like the game is just excellent, and so you and I don't know. PS4 is you know a, a fading thing, and I still I'm still playing on PS4 by the way. And uh, you know I'm gonna get every 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 exceptional game I can for the PS4 at this point until they stop making games for the PS4, which is might be never, by the way, because supply, uh, microchip shortages are guaranteeing that there will never be enough, enough PS5s, although I did hear that the PS5 finally outsold the Switch for one single month, which was, like, shocking because the Switch is, like, hot as fire. Um, and uh, so... I'm about 20 hours into it. There's the main the main story consists of around 18 quests, and I have about five left. So I've done I've played through most of the story. I find it to be largely unimpressive. It's like I said, it's it, it's it basically turns into like this thing where you where you're reactivating something in the world that will save the world. Um, but in order to do that, you have to like collect all these different pieces of that thing and assemble them together. And it's just like it's a very uh, overdone sort of like plot mechanism where rather than have, you know, this deep storyline, we're just going to go collect all these things. And meanwhile, there's bad guys that are like trying to hinder you at every, at every twist and turn. And when you enter a new area to collect something, to collect one of the things you need, you'll run into new characters with new, with like them, they're having their own problems. And then, then you take a side detour to like help them out. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's not, it's not really, um, let's put it this way. 
This game is great, be- not because of the story, in my opinion. It's great because you're fighting robot dinosaurs and robot animals and shit, which is really a cool thing. Um, and that's the selling point of Horizon. Of Horizon, it's not, you know, that people were coming from outer space or that, you know, fucking, you know, that the world blew up. Like I'm just making things up. It's it's just the it's just the dino the robot animals. You wanna you wanna like hunt down a giant robot. Uh, like hippo and then while he's trying to kill you you're shooting off like components on his body you know and just ripping pieces off of him that you can use to make stuff that is why you're playing horizon um and and it hasn't changed really i I will say that um, because that's that's how i was like the story was like fine like they got sci-fi they got weird they did all this different you know factions and whatnot i was just like okay like that's happening but i'm here to uh hunt dino so as long as that's the same (laughs) that's that's what i'm signing up for yeah you need a dinosaur hunter yeah pretty much i'll say that if you really really loved the original horizon you'll love this second game also because not much has changed it's really it's kind of a letdown in a way that five years have passed in gaming and not much has changed with the game the, a lot of the, I would say about three quarters of the, of the uh, like mechanical guys, they're the same. So like, there were the long necks and the and the little scouter guys and the tall necks and the and the ravagers. All of those are still in this game. They're all there. They've added some. There's probably, I did take a look at the bestiary so to speak today, and I think there's probably around, there's close to forty or fifty different types of enemies so there's a lot they've added some you know they you're still you still have to do the cauldrons so like in the prior game you you would go into these cauldrons which is a, a stupid name for basically just a dungeon that the prize at the end of the dungeon was it would let you essentially tame uh, a, a handful of those enemies and they would fight for you and so like you have to do all that over again which i kind of find stupid because like i did all of them in the first game and I feel like Aloy didn't just suddenly forget how to tame the monsters because the game switched to the second game. She 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 ought to still be able to to do, you know, the same the taming that she did in the first game. Honestly, like it just seems weird. I don't know. They they ought to they ought to like check your save data and say, oh well, you've already done these. You've already learned how to tame these the Ravager. So, you know, they should they should just give that to you and then. And then the the new monsters and that are in the West or whatever you have to relearn those, but like or you have to learn those you know for the first time. But I don't know, it's kind of weird that you have to kind of backpedal and relearn a bunch of things. Um, let's see the there are some things in this game that I don't like. One is uh, the the exploration for certain areas of the game are very frustrating. There's these places called relic ruins, which I don't know where, which I'm not sure if we're in the first game or not. But they're basically just like destroyed ruins, dungeons that just have items in them. And when you go into them, it's very hard to get out of them without solving the ruin or finding your way out of it. And, for example, I was just downstairs 25 minutes ago, and I'm in this relic ruin. It's like the ruin of Las Vegas or something, which is not a spoiler. And... I can't fucking find my way through it. It's like I'm gonna have to go look it up and follow a walkthrough because the, the some of the environments are so badly designed that you can't fucking navigate them. Like you're using your scouter thing, you're trying to like you're climbing on walls and all this, but you I simply cannot find how to get out of this place. And it's very aggravating that you can't exit until you solve it. So I'm basically trapped in this fucking place until I get figure out how to get out of it and I just can't do it. And I'm, and I'm honestly, I don't have enough patience in my life to struggle through this. I'm just like, fuck this. Like when I run into a door with a passcode on it, I don't read, I don't go, I don't go read all the, all the, all the little things I found or, you know, search the whole fucking dungeon for a piece of paper or the number. I just go to Google and I say, blah, 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 this quest door code. And within eight seconds, I have the answer and I just type it in because I'm not going to spend my whole fucking life trying to, trying to find a fucking door code. I think I'm going to engage with the gameplay here. No, we got platinums to get. It's very stupid. And and I'm not going to spend my entire afternoon trying to, uh, so for example, there was a dungeon earlier in the game where there's this like force field that you can't walk through. When you run into it, it electrocutes you and you fall down and you take like some damage and you're, so you're not going to walk through it. It's a force field and there's like this big metal box in the area and 
you have to figure out how to get the box at, you have to use the box somehow to solve this puzzle. Well, they didn't tell you that you can just push the box through the force field. Like the force field apparently only works for people. Like it doesn't affect objects. So I spent an hour trying to solve this fucking puzzle. And then when I Googled it, I realized you can just push the box through the force field. And then I, I just straight up face palmed because the game doesn't guide you at all in that way. It just, this, I don't know, assumes you're like clairvoyant and can just understand that the force field doesn't affect anything except you. Except you. Uh, just stuff like that is just unbelievably aggravating. And frankly, I'm not going to spend another hour doing the same mistake. So I'm just going to Google it because fuck it. Um, they have added some weapons. So there's a lot of different types of elemental damage with your bow. There's some like um, like more futuristic weapons in this game. So there's some kind of like a, like a pulse rifle or something that you can create that I don't have it yet, but I'm searching for the components to get it because I'd like to have it. But to be honest... You can kill everything in this game with just your standard bow and arrow um, because the, most of the game consists of being very good at aiming at aiming because while you dodge. So like last night I was fighting this, this enemy and I'll get into the boss fights because I think the boss fights are probably the best thing about this game. They've added the first game didn't have a lot of bosses and this game does have some and they're fantastic. Um, but last night I felt like a, it was basically like an elephant. Uh, or a woolly mammoth or something. And mm-hmm. it might have been a mammoth. I think it had some pretty intense tusks on it. And, uh, you know, you're just kind of dodging around. And I just I just pea-shooted him to death. Like, you don't need all the elemental shit to solve the, you know, to get, to get through it. Um, they've added a bunch of skill trees. So there's, a, there's like six really long skill trees. Uh, of course, I'm using a trophy guide. And the trophy guide was like, just put all your points into the warrior skill tree because... There's stuff you have to do later, and you need the whole warrior skill tree filled to do them. And if you don't have it filled, you end up grinding forever to get the thing filled later on. So I was like, well, all right, let's we'll put them on into the skill tree. But the skill tree doesn't seem all that intricate. It's like there's skills, you know, there's of course like silent strike where you sneak up on an enemy, there's a critical strike move where you can hit an enemy when it's down, there's a new attack where you can basically build up energy on your weapon and then you can like stick the energy to your end to your opponent and it's like their arm will start like like glowing with the energy and then you can shoot the energy with your bow and it like blows them up so there's that which is new but then the skill tree it'll have like critical strike plus um you know it enhances the damage of your critical strike and then like down the skill tree it's like critical strike plus plus (laughs) so like the skill tree and they do that for all the skills. So half the skill mm-hmm. tree is just another thing that makes the prior skill do more damage. It doesn't actually add anything, which I don't really care because I'm not I'm not in this game. I'm not trying to play Bayonetta. It's not what I'm here for. I'm trying to play fucking. I'm not playing Devil May Cry. You know, I'm I'm playing Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't really give a fuck. Would you think you would care more about the plus and plus plus if like it showed you a like damage output? Like, oh, you just did twenty health of damage. And then you did the plus plus, and it's like you did thirty health of damage. Like if you saw a number correlated well, it, with it does that do increase, that. yeah. Oh, it, it does. Yeah, yeah. It indicates your damage with every hit you do. Um, like numerically. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was that in the first game? Pro- I don't know. Maybe, but but like it is helpful because you'll be, you know, you'll be shooting. You can analyze an enemy and look at all of its components. And this, I don't know if you could do it in the first game, but if you're looking at an enemy, it'll tell you a lot about the enemy, and then. You can look at each individual component on the enemy and see, what, and it'll tell you what it does. So, like, this is like it's, you know, shock coil, or what it pro- provides energy, or this is the this is some weapon that's attached to the to the enemy. You can shoot that off. You know, if it's a ravager, you can shoot their you can shoot their gun off and pick it up and use the gun to kill them, which is kind yeah, of, I always you know, like that. Yeah, I guess it did in the first game. Yeah, show so, you the number. I mean, I don't know. I don't mind so much because. The critical strike and you know sneaking around is I'm doing a lot of that because I'm not you know there's like plasma damage and acid damage and you need you have to do it sometimes but most of the time I'm just trying to shoot the weak spot with the bow and make it explode or whatever um, so but there's a lot of skill trees in this there's ones for like crafting for your for basically being a for your bow there's the, the melee there's ones that make you more like more uh, durable. You know, there's all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot. And I, and I doubt you can fill all of them with one playthrough. So, 
if, for people that love to play a certain way and then they start over and they play a different way. I think there's 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 room for that in this, which I think will uh, make a lot of people happy and it makes the game a lot like gives it a lot of longevity. Let's see what else about this game. Um, it has a lot of cutscenes. So I, I've seen mixed reports. I don't know the real number right now, but I saw one. If you go on YouTube and type all Horizon Forbidden West cutscenes, the shortest video is five and a half hours. So this game has at least five and a half hours of cutscenes, and they look unfucking believable. I mean, it's basically real life footage almost. We're about we're about three steps from just straight up watching a movie because the graphics are that good, even on PS4. Uh, and it's, and I, and I'm not even playing with like a, with like a 4k TV. I'm literally using like a 1080p projector. So most people listening to this will have better visuals than I have. You have a smaller screen, but you know, narc narc, but you know, but it's just, it's just <laughs> unfucking real how, how good it looks. Uh, and, but, but honestly, like the story is bland and I don't give a fuck most of the time. And so like, there have been times where People just talk a little too much, and I'm not going to sit here and listen to you. You know, you'll talk to somebody, and it'll, and then it gives you like six options of where to take the conversation, and you can choose like this option, and then you'll talk about this thing, and you choose this option, you talk about this thing. If you click all six options, you're going to be sitting there in your living room for like 20 minutes while listening to them talk. It's like, if that's for you, awesome. It does give you the option to just skip right out and then exit the conversation. Yeah, give me the selection that uh, moves the conversation to the next like <laughs> stage, please. Thank you very much. It's pretty intense. Last night it was pretty late, and I'm sitting there playing, and I, I watched like a 10 minute cutscene. I did like a small thing, and then there was another cutscene, and then another cutscene. I felt like I was playing Xenosaga. Uh, for people who haven't played Xenosaga, that game got was notorious for having just insane. Like this game's not that bad. Xenosaga had cutscenes that were over an hour in it which is <laughs> fucking ridiculous but wow yeah and xenosaga that was a that was definitely a mismanaged property it could have been great but um this has a lot of videos in it there's a lot of videos a lot of talking you really got to be you really got to be uh you know you got to have a gr- pretty strong attention span to to play through it and, and to get the most out of these conversations which i don't have i'm, I'm kind of like oh this is a side quest i don't give a fuck and you can just hit you can hit square to kind of skip through this the talking and it's amazing like honestly um I, I there were some conversations where i'm mashing x for quite a while because they just won't shut the fuck up and i'm thinking like if i had listened <laughs> to all this it would have taken 10 minutes of just drivel about some side quest bullshit that doesn't matter i'm just mashing it mashing square because it's just too verbose i just don't don't care uh, thankfully you don't have to do, I don't think like hardly any side quests to dip, to get the platinum trophy in this. They're not required. Unlike the first game where I think I had to do most of them. You don't need to do any of them in this game unless you're just trying to level up, which you can do by killing monsters. Um, the last thing, one of the last things I'm going to say, I, I, I can't guarantee it's the last thing, but the boss fights in this are exceptional. Uh, they, there's one particular boss uh, that I'll talk about right now. It's a sn- it's a snake. There were no there was no snake enemy in the first game that I recall. Um, this is like it's a cobra and it's fucking giant. You are about as your whole body as Aloy is about as is about a third as big as it's about a third of as big as its head. I mean, in this that's a that's a basilisk. <laughs> Maybe it's a basilisk, but it's fucking huge. I mean, this is easily Shadow of the Colossus size enemy. Um, and it is very quick and very difficult. Like it has an obvious weak point. It's right in its chest. Like it's just sitting right. Like when it, like when it sits up to to like spit at you, like acid or whatever, poison, it's just like this huge target right on its chest, but it moves so with so much agility that it's, it's really difficult to hit the target. And, um, and while you're fighting, it's just, it's like, I was in an arena last, some kind of an arena. I don't know. And it had like all these partially destroyed buildings in the arena. And as you're trying, as you're like fighting, you're going to take cover behind the buildings or whatever. But the bat, but the, I'm going to call it a Cobra. The Cobra will just like, like um, come at you very quickly and it'll, it'll coil the whole building by with its body and crush it and just destroy the building completely. Um, cause the, cause the environments are so interactive. Like they've, They've done like the boss fights are, are so well designed that it, the boss will just fucking destroy everything. Like there, there's, and it's amazing that it'll just climb on the building and crush it. 
And, you know, I think about like Dark Souls 3, which I'm going to be thinking about a lot here shortly because Elden Ring is being compared to Dark Souls 3. And in Dark Souls, most of the time you're just like strafing around some enemy that's in like a flat room. You know, like that's fine. Like I love Dark Souls, but this is a whole nother level of of uh, like just dynamic like combat. Like that fucking thing, it'll go in the ground. It'll fucking destroy the ground. It'll come right up under you. It'll it'll come. It'll destroy the buildings. It'll destroy the walls. It'll destroy everything in trying to get to you. And it's it's lengthy and it's it's a huge boss and it is pretty neat. So um, and that's not the only boss that's like that. Most of them seem to be. Um, similarly designed so there's some pretty impressive things in this horizon game what i'll say my last thing i'll say about this game is it is very similar to the first game which is a big letdown because i think i was expecting it to be better than the first game even though the first game is good um but this is a whole just consuming experience you can't you're not going to sit down for 10 minutes and play it and walk away you'll get nothing done you are you you you're not going it's not a service level experience at all it is a whole fucking world with minute details accounted for that you will be playing for a long time because it is it's v- extremely dense and um take that for what you will if you're not really a person that wants to play a long game if you didn't if you don't if you didn't play the witcher because it has it's too much you're not going to want to play this game because this is, you know, it's similarly as, as dense as maybe it's not quite, I mean, the map's not as big as the Witcher's, but it's the same type of thing. Um, it's very similar. They, when they made horizon, they definitely looked at the Witcher and said, Oh, all these, like all these conversations where you can choose options and all these cutscenes and all these side. It's, it is literally, this game is the, it's the exact same experience as the Witcher three. It's just, a different setting, a different tone, you know, different characters, different, different enemies. You know, you're not fighting a vampire; you're fighting a, a mechanical uh, bull. You know, basically, and you know that's that. That's the bottom line. Um, there was some weird controversy about this game. Like people were, people were, were review bombing, were review bombing the game because. Eight, there was there were some promo. I think pe- most people have heard about this by now, but there was some promo art of like Aloy, and she has like peach fuzz on her face. And I guess the the moronic gamers, I assume dudes, of course, were like, "She's got a beard," <laughs> and it's just like you don't realize that like women also have facial hair. This know. is true. We do. And and then they. I mean, it's not like whiskers, but there's hair everywhere. You know, it's just like. And then people. Oh, you mean like every human ever? Yeah, but people are just have <laughs> never seen a woman before. They're they're they've never left their house, and they just don't realize this. And and also, Aloy is not a particularly attractive character. She's just not. I mean, she she she's a she's a woman, but she. I don't know. I don't want to call her homely, but she's just a very average looking. She's just. She's no Laura Croft. No, she's not. I mean, she's she's just not good looking. She looks like she grew up in the wilderness and like in the stage that the like in the setting that the game presents. And there were some uh, there were some scenes like early on where I kept thinking like she's, this girl needs some some sunscreen because she was she looks so sunburned on her face. She looks so flushed and just like terrible. Like you heard some there were some cutscenes early on that did not flatter Aloy at all. But of course, you know anybody who's played this game knows that already. And but then the people were giving the game negative reviews because um, Aloy isn't you know she's not fucking Tifa, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and uh, but I guess it seems like people will, will review bomb pretty much anything these days. Elden Ring is also getting bombed, uh, but Horizon Forbidden West at, right at this exact moment. I'm gonna look up the PS. I'll look up the PS5 score because that's what people give a f- people care about at this point. You know it's got it's got it's in the eight eight and a half range from both the critics and the people playing it. So, I mean, that's, it's come up a little bit really from, good. <laughs> from where I saw it. So it's, it's a good game. Uh, Elden Ring is not getting as well. It's come up a little bit. Elden Ring has a 97 from critics and a seven yeah. from players. So people were pissed uh, about certain things, but we'll talk about that later. But people are also stupid. <laughs> so, so what else um, is new? I don't know, but um, it's a good game. It's the the storyline is dry and honestly I find it uninteresting. That's the biggest drawback to this game. I just want to get through the story so I can go 
collect all the fucking cauldrons again and, and climb all the tall necks because that's really that's super cool is climbing the tall necks and doing you have to do there's a bunch of that in this um i don't think the strength of the game is in the storyline i think it's definitely in the all the exploring because you will if you explore you will find things everywhere there's no you were continuously rewarded for exploring so that's the bottom line uh i think that's a pretty um dense review and i've been talking for half an hour as i thought so um let's see who would like to go next well mason didn't get a chance to talk about his thing last week so oh, wow caroline is so just reverse chivalry did you hear that <laughs> No, it's more like maybe women. He probably chivalry. has more I interesting mean, things to say than I do at today. Can anyway. women can women be chivalrous, or is that a or is that a term specifically reserved for dudes? Maybe I they think can be. that yeah, because I feel like reverse chivalry tra- is like a negative thing. Um, it's like traditionally it's supposed to be knighthood. from guys to girls, but I don't know. I thought that it was, was still a very like chivalrous that. maneuver. So thank you, Caroline. I, I think yes. I think it's more like um, courteous. I think it's the better word. We'll take it. I'll, I'll be quick, though, because I don't have much to say, but this is a quick talk about The Cuphead Show, which came out um, February 18th on Netflix, so just like a week or so ago, obviously based off of the monumental 2017 video game Cuphead, which uh, Mitsugi oh and his uh, fiance have long histories of <laughs> trying that we, game we out. We never finished it. She, she oh, just, I know. She just couldn't handle it. <laughs> It's uh, very fun. So this is a 12-episode series with 36 more episodes planned to come out this year. So there's oh, a lot shit. of Cuphead show on the way. Each episode is like 10 to 13 minutes, give or take. It's pretty short episodes. And I watched a fair bit of it. And obviously as one might expect the positives are the animation really it was heralded in the game for being you know the classic style and really it is still pretty good here it's kind of the standout reason to watch the show itself it moves really well it's just well animated and just captures that old aesthetic in the new framework of high definition and all that goodness and it's a it's a pretty fun watch and I'd say the voice acting is pretty all right and matches the energy and pizzazz of all the production, even if they do sound like a little too old timey carnival-y. Oh my God. Um, but I can't, it's, it's not bad. Like they're it, really getting into it. Does it play like an old, like Hanna-Barbera cartoon? Because that's, that's what Cuphead always felt like, you know, like an old sixties cartoon. It definitely feels like Looney Tunes right. type wackiness. And ostensibly, ostensibly, I can't even talk. Um, it is like a kid show. Like it is like if you were like mm, eight years old, this show is probably up your alley. Uh, but like over the course of 10 to 15 minutes, it, that's too much for me. Like the comedy is super flat and juvenile. It's there's no real through line. There's literally no ties to the game. So. Well, you could say, oh, I haven't played the game. Well, this is great. You can start watching it. But there's no, like, story or elements or intrigue. It's just, hey, Cuphead, that was a game that we can build a brand off of and mm-hmm. kind of sell the characters of Cuphead and Mugman and, like, Elder Keller, Kettle, wow, and the devil, like, <laughs> King Dice. Like, all the big characters are there, but they're not the game version at all. It's just, oh, it's Cuphead and... Now there's a baby, and now they have to deal with the baby for an episode, and everything falls apart. Haha, ha, wh- what a laugh. Or Mugman broke his handle. Oh, what man. are we going to do? We're going to glue it back on, but nothing glues back on. Oh, no. Like, it's it's just so trite and annoying <laughs> that, like, I, I really don't recommend this show for anyone who whose age is in the double digits because oh, there's God. just not much to bite into like there's a couple neat ideas and like i said the animation cuts are cool but there's just like the idea of watching more episodes with more seasons just kind of gives me a headache so it's really well done except for i just don't think we're the target demographic are you on team cuphead or are you on team Mugman? um so come on like in the show or in the game in life just you know as in life who who 
who do you find yourself identifying with? Are you, are you more of a mug man in your heart or are you more of a cuphead? So it depends. So in the show, like cuphead is the, the guy who's leading the charge, taking the risk, not really thinking about things, getting into trouble. Whereas Mugman is like the more, you know, thoughtful, worrywart. Like he's the straight man to Cupman's funny yeah. man, I guess. Yeah. So I'm I'm much more of a Mugman. I, wow. I like mugs. I like I like them. I like, I them like mugs. Like <laughs> I like mugs. It's like I like lamp. I I, I like I like mug. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just it's a respectable choice. It's just an annoying. An annoying show, and oh, I, wow. I don't recommend. Well, how it. many episodes did you watch? <laughs> I watched like four out of the twelve. That's so. I don't even know. That, this it, seems like a really weird thing to do. Yeah, and I went in like I didn't keep track. I wasn't like, oh, two more weeks until the new Cuphead show. One more week into the no, new Cuphead show. Oh, it's premiering tonight. Oh, I'm so excited. It was just like turn on Netflix one day to watch um, Downfall, like a new documentary about the Boeing. Uh, like the airplane company. I heard about that. And I saw this Cuphead show while I was there. I was like, oh, I guess I should give that a shot. And it was uh, not great. I mean, I, <laughs> but, can tell you, uh, I can tell you why Airbus and Boeing suck. I work well, with this. it's because they went into the business of making money instead of the, the business of being engineers. Oh, I was going to go at it from a different angle, but... <laughs> they also did, I mean, okay, I'm not going to get into it. They're just... They're... they're they're terrible at a level that goes deeper. Actually, aviation in, uh, as a whole is... Well, never mind. Nobody gives a shit. Well, you should watch the documentary, Downfall. It was kind of all right. It brother, had some questionable CG, brother, but it was, it was fine. My, my company owns 500 helicopters. That's all they do. It's like I, it's like I literally live a documentary about Boeing and Airbus. That's <laughs> 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 so why I don't want Well, anymore. that's a great thing to hear. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely not a documentary to watch if you are like, hmm, I'm on the fence about the safety of flying. Yeah, if like, you, I'm about to go on a flight tomorrow. This sounds interesting. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if you want to know why it costs 12000 bucks to fly in a helicopter for 30 minutes to a hospital, it's because a fucking screw on, in a helicopter costs like $12 because Airbus weighed it and said it weighs exactly this much. That's literally what happens. It's just, it's just totally asinine. Anyway... Um, okay, well, I won't watch Cuphead, the, the show, and I, yeah. won't, and I won't watch the documentary about Boeing either. There you go. It sounds like your weekend just opened up to play more <laughs> Elden Ring, my guy. No, I don't have that yet. I've played exactly, like, nine minutes of it, so I'm oh, wow. ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I just know people people were bitching because the graphics apparently suck, and... It's it, from software. What do you expect? I don't know. It's what I was thinking. It's like people don't... Have they never played these games? It's like they, they were like... Oh, the controls are clunky, and it plays like a game from 2014, and the graphics suck. And I'm like, did you not play any of the Dark Souls games? The the games are fucking clunky as shit. Like that's part of the reason why it's f- so fucking hard. But I think it's part of the charm too. Listen, I, when, I knew it was going to so be dumb. a From Software game when you open up the main menu and your like joysticks don't control anything. It's all like D-pad input. That's how you know, like, yep, they're not changing anything. It's going to play the same it always has. But, hey, we'll see. Well, I'm well, going to dig 60 hours into this game, and then I'll come back to you. So, is we'll um is the Does the game have a character designer where you, for no reason at all, spend hours designing some character that is never able to look anything other than hideous, and then you just put a helmet on anyway? <laughs> yep, I spent Oh, my God, it is a From Software doing game. That. <laughs> God, they have the most hideous character models. It is so unbelievable. Good Lord. <laughs> but I love it. It's whatever. It's what I expect. All right. Yeah, uh, that's Car- what I'm here for. Caroline. Anyway, we- sorry to take up the time. Go ahead. No, of no, course okay. not. Um, so I had nothing to do last night. Literally mm-hmm. was trying to go out and do something fun, and mm-hmm. nobody was available for that, and I was really oh, irritated. Bunch, bunch of party But poopers. luckily, luckily um, my friend from col- college, I haven't really, you know, hung out with her in a while since, you know, she lives a little far away. So I was talking to her. I was like, hey, do you want to do a virtual hangout and we could watch a movie together over Zoom? And that's what we decided to do. And, well, she really likes to watch uh, romantic comedies. Ugh. I am not a huge rom-com person. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> But since, you know, 
she wanted to watch a romantic comedy. I was like, okay, then I'll pick which one it is. So I went through and I found this one called Always Be My Maybe. And it oh stars God. Randall Park, who I really like. Who the hell is and that? And Ali Wong. What? Who the hell is Ali? Who the hell is Paul? What? This is a Randall foreign Park, movie. he... Um, well, no, it's not for They are Asian, but, you know, it is set in, like, San Francisco or something. Mm. Um, Randall Park is a... Com- I think he's a te- technically a comedian. He's a funny guy. He, I know, is, on, is in, a, you know, in Marvel as a minor character. He's, like, an FBI agent that he was an Ant-Man and all that. Uh, oh, yeah, he, and he was also... Wasn't he, like, off the boat? Isn't that uh, that show he was on? Kind of... Yeah. I, I didn't watch it, but I think he was in that show. Um, so he's pretty funny. I know that. And then there's Ali Wong, who is a comedian and they both star in this rom-com about, you know, two childhood best friends, uh, who kind of grew closer over time. And then in high school, you know, they decided to like have sex in their car. It was not yeah. a very pleasant experience yeah, yeah, of for Wait, either of them. they to have it in the car or they <laughs> okay, decide well, to have it and they get like stuck in there and they're it, like I guess this is how it's gonna happen it just so happened that they decided to have sex in their car but okay. unfortunately it was not a pleasant experience for either of them and yeah. that was kind of like the inciting incident I guess into how they were kind of got uncomfortable with each other and then they said something not very nice to each other and then they decided you know what we are never talking to each other again for 16 years <laughs> and flash forward um Ali Wong's character, she becomes a celebrity chef and like very famous and everything like that. Uh, and she's engaged to uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, uh, Daniel Kim? Day Kim. I knew Kim, it. Kim. Is his name yeah. Kim? Uh, Daniel, Daniel Day Kim, I think, you I know think what, is you, uh, the you, actor's name. You want to know why I knew that? Why? Because I'm looking at a pie chart of Korean surnames. Uh, and this must be it must be so frustrating to live in Korea because one out of every five, actually more than more than one out of out of every five people has the last name Kim. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. There's a lot of people, but with the anywho, same name. So she's in, he's she's engaged with this guy. He could really care less, and then they decide to separate before they get married and all that. And so she goes back to San Francisco where she grew up for the first time in 16 years, trying to open up her newest restaurant. Runs into Marcus. Uh, Randall Park's character, and uh, they they reignite the relationship. And I have to say, it is very funny. Um, Ke- Keanu Reeves is in it, playing himself, which is kind of crazy. Every single time that uh, they say something with Keanu's name, and like like, oh, oh go away, God. Keanu. It always kind of sounds like a joke. <laughs> and it, yeah, this movie was very funny. I have to say, so I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Um, so yeah. Easy to watch. You know, do you know what I've been watching on Netflix lately? That's so fucking good. Is Seinfeld? That show, I haven't seen it in, in years, but it is amazing. Every single episode of that show is fucking great. It's so consistently good. I can see how how it was such a big hit for so long. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never really watched it, but well, anywho, any questions? Um, I don't know. I just can't. I'm just looking at this pie chart. It's just unbelievable. Oh my god, you and your pie charts. Well, well, exactly 50% of the population of Korea is neither named Kim, Lee, Park, or Choi. Ha. Yeah. Just think about it. If you're if you were in like a boardroom meeting with like 20 people at your company and you <laughs> um there's four people named Kim. So you'd have to like I wonder if they're like Kim number 3. Well, I guess then they would say Kim and then their first name. So I get just they say they their full name constantly. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. You come I, up with names. It's not that difficult. I've, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of Korean stuff lately, so I just think m- most of it just seems to be really good. So. Yeah, I mean, well, this one is, is again, not really, a, it's not a K-drama or anything. It's just these two Asian actors are the main characters. But it is, it oh, is very see. good, and I oh, recommend I it if you like romantic comedies or just comedies in general, because I honestly, there's this whole song about, like, in the ending credits, I'm, I suppose this is kind of a spoiler, but uh, Randall Park sings this whole song about how he punched Keanu Reeves, and that does happen in the, in the movie, and that's the ending credits song, and it's, it is very funny. <laughs> um, anywho, so 
That I watched that last night. I also watched quite a bit of Dope Sick, which is a miniseries on Hulu. Um, not as fun, because this is all about the opioid uh, epidemic oh of the 2000s and t- 2010s. So, yeah, and it's about, um, uh, what's it called? The, that company. Oh, my gosh. I keep on well, forgetting things today. But it's, it's about OxyContin, and yeah. it goes through all these stories about people who were um, who were drug addicts and, like, got – not – well, they well they got addicted to the drug, but not willingly. You know, it was kind of something that was prescribed to pretty much everyone, no matter how minor the, uh, the pain that they felt when they went to the, go see a doctor for something. So, so many people got prescribed this drug. It was so easy to get this drug, mm-hmm. and it was so addictive that even people who knew about how addictive it could be and were prescribed it anyway, they ended up getting, like, their entire lives ruined yeah. by this. And it's honestly incredible how encompassing this issue was for 20 years and I didn't really know much about it but like you did not I would when I was starting to watch it I was thinking okay this was something that wrapped up within the 2000s right no it was still going for like so many decades right now well yeah but oh of course like you know uh, the the general issue yes it's still going on but this court case and this investigation Uh. it took so long to hold the company accountable it's honestly pretty crazy um not it, it not something for you know the most wholesome watching mm-hmm. it's like an eight episode mini series but it is very good i will i would have to say it does kind of like go back and forth within time like it'll go from 2002 to 2006 and back to 2002 and then to 2019 and blah, 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 and then, you know it shifts a lot um but for the most part it's pretty easy to to keep uh relatively easy to uh keep track of it's pretty bad you know there's there's i think i listened to a podcast um science versus i think was the podcast they used to listen to it all the time and they did a whole thing on this um particular thing and just hearing about how the doctors were compensated for you know prescribing or Nurses would be would have to ask patients what their pain level was. Oh, like, I know, I yeah. They it, they've it, talked they about that. portray it in a way that it's honestly horrific in yeah, this miniseries. It is fucking is horrific. <laughs> I, well, no, no, no. But like they really amp it up. It's yeah. almost as if you're kind of watching a thriller of some sorts whenever they prescribe a person th- this this drug. Um, and it's also has a lot of great actors in it, like Michael Keaton. Uh, there's Will uh, Poulter or pa- is it Poulter or Poulter? I can't sure. remember. Um, but yeah, so they're really good in it. Um, and they do kind of make the, uh, like Purdue Pharma is, you know, the main antagonist of this whole, like in history, in this history. Um, but I don't know. It, I feel like they might have really amped up their evilness. Of course they were evil people, but it's almost like, you know, twirling the mustache evil, if you know what I mean. I don't have a mustache. Uh, anime movie. evil, my Ooh. favorite. <laughs> It's like this guy is literally a psychopath, the president of Purdue Pharma. And honestly, I like obviously they are awful people, but it's rare that history is ever so black and white, you know. And of course, it's it, I feel like they're uh, like the people of Purdue Pharma were a little bit more uh, not like a little more complicated than uh, than they portray it. But it, it is good. Um, as of last year, the the opioid deaths in the U.S. have now crossed a hundred thousand a year. Mm. So for the first time, so it's just I don't know. I, I don't know how a doctor can like consciously prescribe that shit when they know that it kills one hundred thirty five people a day. <laughs> just like what? Like you're supposed to be helping people, but I know, but you're not. You know, it's just crazy. And I don't know. It's a whole thing. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. That, that the, the particularly, I think the dope sick sounds pretty interesting. It would be worth watching. It is good. I think you. I think yeah. you would find it good. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Some of that stuff's. I mean, it's horrible, but like it is interesting nonetheless to hear about it. It's just like how people are obsessed with like true crime. Like, yeah, it's horrible exactly. that the knife stalker that the night stalker killed like thirty people or whatever. But it's fascinating to hear about it. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, I know. It's one of those. And things. honestly, it's just it's it really is incredible just how long. Like Purdue Pharma kept this 
like kept their uh, like any comumpus. What's the word? Comumpins. 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 Come. I don't know. Whatever any, it is. Any responsibility being pointed back to them, it's amazing how long they avoided it for with just pure money. It's yeah. it's so disgusting. Yeah. No, you're right. Okay. Well, that's uh, depressing. But uh, appreciate yeah, it nonetheless. Yeah, it's not exactly the most uplifting, but there is this really wholesome part. I like. I don't want to spoil it, but there's this one part at the very end. I'm just like, well, that is the most wholesome thing I've ever seen. Hmm. All right. Well, we're pretty much out of time. I'm glad we got to a little bit of everybody today. I'm sorry I hogged it all, but Horizon is just too big to. Yeah. Although I feel like I feel like no one on the Discord is playing Horizon. I heard no one, almost nobody, talk about it. Which is. I mean, because Elden Ring came out. Well, yeah, but it came out a week after. Yeah, but what are you uh, going to talk about in a week? I'm will. I'm willing to bet that <laughs> as far as like the money and the effort put into it, I'm gonna bet if Elden Ring is like Dark Souls three, it it's it's not even it's not going to be as it's not going to have the same level of effort and care and polish that that Horizon's got. Like I know it's got a 97. Maybe I'm wrong, but like if I were to compare the first Horizon to Dark Souls three, there's no fucking comparison. Like. Dark Souls 3 is not nearly the experience that Horizon is. It's just not. I don't know. It doesn't. It's, it feel. It feels like it's. It costs ten percent as much money to make it. I don't know. But but then again, I haven't played Elden Ring yet, so I don't know. I do not know. We'll have to find out. But I'm just surprised that. I don't know. I guess I was surprised that a game that sold twenty million copies had no one talking about the sequel. It just seems kind of weird because that 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 number basically guarantees. Half the gamers on the Discord have played Elden, have played Horizon. So, but whatever, I could be wrong. Either such way, is life. Such is life. If you haven't played Horizon at all, the first one's probably like five dollars at this point. Like, but it's like, I bet it's cheap as shit. So you probably, go, and it's awesome. So I mean, it's worth playing. Just go give it a try. So, all right, guys, time to do our anime Oscars. So we will see you later. Bye. Bye. See ya.